Chapter 15 of the Conquest of Bread. This is a LibraVox recording. All LibraVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibraVox.org. Recording by Enko. The Conquest of Bread by Peter Kropotkin. The Division of Labor. Political economy has always confined itself to stating facts occurring in society and justifying them in the interest of the dominant class therefore it pronounces itself in favour of the division of labour in industry having found it profitable to capitalists it has set it up as a principle look at the village smith said adam smith the father of modern political economy if he has never been accustomed to making nails he will only succeed by hard toil in forging two or three hundred a day and even then they will be bad but if this same smith has never made anything but nails he will easily supply as many as two thousand three hundred in the course of a day and smith has turned to the conclusion divide labor specialize go on specializing let us have smiths who only know how to make heads or points of nails and by this means we shall produce more we shall grow rich that a smith condemned for life to make the heads of nails would lose all interest in his work that he would be entirely at the mercy of his employer with his limited handicraft that he would be out of work for months out of twelve and that his wages would fall very low down when it would be easy to replace him by an apprentice smith did not think of all this when he exclaimed long live the division of labour this is the real gold mine that will enrich the nation and all join him in this cry and later on when a sismondi or a gbc began to understand that the division of labour instead of enriching the whole nation only enriches the rich and that the worker who is doomed for life to making the eighteenth part of a pin grows stupid and sinks into poverty what did official economists propose nothing they did not say to themselves that by a lifelong grind at one and the same mechanical toil the worker would lose his intelligence and his spirit of invention and that on the contrary a variety of occupations would result in considerably augmenting the productivity of a nation but this is the very issue we have now to consider if however learned economists were the only ones to preach the permanent and often hereditary division of labour we might allow them to preach it as much as they pleased but the ideas taught by doctors of science filter into men's minds and pervert them and from repeatedly hearing the division of labour profits interest credit etc spoken of as problems long since solved all middle-class people and workers too end by arguing like economists they venerate the same fetishes thus we see most socialists even those who have not feared to point out the mistakes of economical science justifying the division of labour talk to them about the organization of work during the revolution and they answer that the division of labour must be maintained that if you sharpen pins before the revolution you must go on sharpening them after true you will not have to work more than five hours a day but you will have to sharpen pins all your life while others will make designs for machines that will enable you to sharpen hundreds of millions of pins during your lifetime and others again will be specialists in the higher branches of literature science and art etc you were born to sharpen pins while pasteur was born to invent the inoculation against anthrax and the revolution will leave you both to your respective employment well it is this horrible principle so noxious to society so brutalizing to the individual source of so much harm that we propose to discuss in its diverse manifestations 
we know the consequences of the division of labor full well it is evident that first of all we are divided into two classes on the one hand producers who consume very little and are exempt from thinking because they only do physical work and who work badly because their brains remain inactive and on the other hand the consumers who producing little or hardly anything have the privilege of thinking for the others and who think badly because the whole world of those who toil with their hands is unknown to them then we have the laborers of the soil who know nothing of machinery while those who work at machinery ignore everything about agriculture the idea of modern industry is a child tending a machine that he cannot and must not understand and a foreman who finds him if his attention flags for a moment the ideal of industrial agriculture is to do away with the agricultural laborer altogether and to set a man who does odd jobs then a steam plough or a threshing machine the division of labor means labeling and stamping men for life some to splice ropes in factories some to be foremen in a business others to shove huge coal baskets in a particular part of a mine but none of them to have any idea of machinery as a whole nor of business nor of mines and thereby they destroy the love of work and the capacity for invention that at the beginning of modern industry created the machinery on which we pride ourselves so much what they have done for individuals they also wanted to do for nations humanity was to be divided into national workshops having each its speciality russia we were taught was destined by nature to grow corn england to spin cotton belgium to weave cloth while switzerland was to train nurses and governesses moreover each separate city was to establish a specialty lyon was to weave silk Auvergne to make lace and paris fancy articles in this way economists said an immense field was open for production and consumption and in this way an era of limitless wealth for mankind was at hand however these great hopes vanished as fast as technical knowledge spread abroad as long as england stood alone as a weaver of cotton and as a metal worker on a large scale as long as only paris made artistic fancy articles etc all went well economists could preach the so-called division of labor without being refuted but a new current of thought induced by and by all civilized nations to manufacture for themselves they found it advantageous to produce what they formerly received from other countries or from their colonies which in their turn aim at emancipating themselves from the mother country scientific discoveries universalized the methods of production and henceforth it was useless to pay an exorbitant price abroad for what could easily be produced at home and now we see already that this industrial revolution strikes a crushing blow at the theory of a division of labor which for a long time was supposed to be so sound End of a division of labor recording by Enco.